إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد Today then we're going to start on chapter 56 Fadlu dua The virtues of dua So far we've gone through different types of dhikr that a person can do We've mentioned the four statements Subhanallah Alhamdulillah Allahu Akbar La ilaha illallah We've gone through all of those statements and their virtues and the narrations. Today now we're going to look at the virtues of dua. Ad-dua sha'nuhu fil islam azim wa makanatuhu fihi samiya wa manzilatuhu minhu aliya إذ هو أجل العبادات وأعظم الطاعات وأنفع القربات دعاء has a high rank within Islam and it has an elevated status within Islam it is one of the greatest acts of worship that a person can do and one of the greatest acts that bring you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لهذا جاءت النصوص الكثيرة في كتاب الله تعالى وسنة رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم المبينة لفضله المنوهة بمكانته وعظم شأنه. That's why there are so many evidences, so many texts, so many ayat in the Qur'an, so many ahadith in the sunnah that talk about the virtue of dua and they point towards and allude to the great rank and elevated station of dua. والمرغبة فيه والحافة عليه And these texts, they encourage a person to make dua. They are an encouragement within them, you see. وقد تنوعت دلالات هذه النصوص المبينة لفضل الدعاء And the way that these texts indicate the evidence for dua and the virtue of dua varies. They indicate the virtues of dua and encouragement to make dua in various different ways. فَجَاءَ فِي بَعْضِهَا الْأَمْرُ بِهِ وَالْحَثُّ عَلَيْهِ So in some of the texts, it is mentioned very clearly a command, an order 
to make dua and an encouragement straight out to make the dua. وَفِي بَعْضِهَا التَّحْذِيرِ مِنْ تَرْكِهِ وَالْإِسْتِكْبَارِ عَنْهُ And in some of the other texts, a different method is used, and that is the method of warning against the action of abandoning dua, or being arrogant and haughty and not making dua, Warnings have come against that. وَفِي بَعْضِهَا ذِكْرُ عِظَمِ ثَوَابِهِ وَكِبَرُ أَجْرِهِ عِنَّ اللَّهِ And in some of the texts, it mentions the great amount of reward for the person who makes dua, who supplicates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, So in some of the texts, there are commandments and encouragements to make dua. In some of the texts, there are warnings against those who abandon dua, or are arrogant and haughty and do not make dua. And in some of the texts, there is the mention of the great amount of reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows upon those who submit to him and make dua. وَفِي بَعْضِهَا مَدْحُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ لِقِيَامِهِمْ بِهِ In some of the texts, there is praise for the believers who do dua, praise for the believers who perform dua, وَالثَّنَاءُ عَلَيْهِمْ بِالتَّكْمِيلِهِ And also praise upon them for completion of it, for making the dua. وَغَيْرُ ذَلِكَ مِنْ أَنْوَاعِ الدَّلَالَاتِ فِي الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ عَلَىٰ عِظَمِ فَضْلِ الدُّعَى And other than that, from the different types of evidences, in the Noble Qur'an upon the greatness of the virtue of dua. But, in fact, إِنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ قَدْ افْتَتَحَ كِتَابَهُ الْكَرِيمِ بِالدُّعَى وَاخْتَتَمَهُ بِهِ In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened up his book, the Qur'an, with dua. And it was concluded at the end with dua. فَصُورَةُ الْحَمْدُ الَّتِي هِيَ فَاتِحَةُ الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ مُشْتَمِلَةُ عَلَى دُعَاءِ اللَّهِ بِأَجَلِّ الْمَطَالِبِ وَأَكْمَلِ الْمَقَاصِدِ So the opening chapter, the opening surah of the Qur'an, which is Al-Fatiha, within within Al-Fatiha, it incorporates and includes dua, You are making dua to Allah within Al-Fatiha. And not just making dua to Allah with trivial matters, 
but making dua to Allah with the greatest of objectives and the greatest of matters. Ala wa huwa su'alullahi azza wa jal al-hidayah ila sirat al-mustaqim wal-i'ana ala ibadatih. You are making dua in al-fatiha, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance. Ihdina sirat al-mustaqim. You're making dua in al-fatiha, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance, which is the greatest of the objectives, not something trivial. From the greatest of the objectives to be given guidance to the straight path and to be aided upon obedience and worship to Allah. And then at the end of the mushaf, at the other end, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ At the end, التي هي خاتمة القرآن الكريم مشتملة على دعاء الله سبحانه There is also dua in that إن قل أعوذ برب الناس There is dua within that chapter, that surah وذلك بالاستعاذة به سبحانه وتعالى من شر الوسواس الخناس الذي يوسوس في صدور الناس من الجنة والناس because in that final chapter you are making dua to Allah asking him for refuge and protection from the whisperings of the shaytan you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection and refuge from the whisperings of Al-Khannas, the shayateen, the whisperings of the shaytan who whispers into the hearts of mankind, from the jinn and from mankind, the shayateen of the jinn and mankind. You are asking Allah for protection and refuge, making dua to Allah, to save you from the whisperings of those shayateen. وَمَا مِنْ رَيْبٍ أَنَّ افْتِتَاحَ الْقُرْآنَ الْكَرِيمِ بِالدُّعَاءِ وَاخْتِتَامَهُ بِهِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَى عِظَمِ شَأْنِ الدُّعَاءِ وَأَنَّهُ رُوحُ الْعِبَادَاتِ وَلُبُّهَا And the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened up the mushaf in Al-Fatiha with Dua and also closed or concluded the Mus'haf, the Qur'an with Dua then this indicates that Dua certainly has a great status within the religion and a great rank, elevated rank as an act of worship within the religion, you find it at the beginning of the Mus'haf and you find it at the end, opens up with elements of dua, closes off with elements of dua, 
indicating the greatness of dua and that it is the core of worship. There is a narration, Ad-Dua huwa al-ibadah. Dua, it is worship. And the meaning of that type of narration is the same as uh, Al-Hajju Arafah. Hajj is Arafah. If you go to Arafah and don't do anything else, then is that a complete finished full Hajj? No. So then why does the narration say Al-Hajj Arafah? Hajj is Arafah. Meaning that's the core of it, the greatest part of it is Arafah. So the same when the hadith says, Ad-Dua huwa al-Ibadah. Dua, it is Ibadah. Is Dua the only act of worship? Of course not, but it means Dua is one of the greatest acts of worship. بَلْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ جَلَّ وَعَلَى سَمَّ الدُّعَاءِ فِي الْقُرْآنِ عِبَادَةِ فِي أَكْثَرْ مِنْ آيَةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala termed dua as ibadah in more than one place in the Qur'an. Where Allah referred to dua with the word ibadah, worship, instead of using the word dua, indicating how dua is a core aspect of worship, of ibadah. One example of that, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ اُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ And your Lord said, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ اُدْعُونِي and your Lord said, call upon me. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي Those who are arrogant and haughty and proud from doing my worship. And the meaning of doing my worship here in this ayah is what? Doing Dua. How do we know that the meaning of worship in this ayah is actually specifically at the core of it? Dua. Because just before that part of the ayah, the first part explained it's talking about dua. Allah said, your Lord said, make dua to me and I will answer you. But anyone who is arrogant and haughty and does not do my worship, i.e. does not do dua, then سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ They will enter the hellfire. So Allah referred to dua as ibadah, as worship. وَكَقَوْلِهِ فِيمَا حَكَاهُ عَنْ نَبِيِّهِ إِبْرَاهِيمِ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ وَأَعْتَزِلُكُمْ وَمَا تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ وَأَدْعُوا رَبِّي عَسَى أَلَّا أَكُونَ بِدُعَاءِ رَبِّي شَقِيًّا 
فلمعتزلهم وما يعبدون من دون الله وهبنا له إسحاق ويعقوب وكلا جعلنا نبيا So in this ayah also when Ibrahim alayhi salam was telling his people I am separating from you and that which you call upon besides Allah وَمَا تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ I am separating myself from you and what you call upon besides Allah وَأَدْعُوا رَبِّي and I call upon my Lord and عَسَى أَلَّا أَكُونَ بِدُعَاءِ رَبِّي شَقِيَّا that I, I hope not to be from the miserable in making dua to my Lord, meaning that Allah will not leave you in a state of misery or in a state of loss when you call upon Him and make dua to Him sincerely. فَلَمَّا اِعْتَزَلَهُمْ وَمَا يَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ So when Ibrahim separated himself from those mushrikun and what they were, يَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ i.e. what they were يَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ what they were supplicating and making dua to and calling upon besides Allah when Ibrahim separated himself from them and what they were making dua to then the ayah continues how Allah granted him and bestowed him Ishaq and Ya'qub and made all of them prophets so there are various examples in the Qur'an where Allah refers to dua as ibadah, as worship. So do not think that making dua isn't an act of worship. Sometimes people think hajj is an act of worship. Prayer is an act of worship. Fasting is an act of worship. But it doesn't really register for some people that making dua to Allah, you are doing an act of worship. And not just that, but you are doing one of the greatest acts of worship in calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَهَذَا كُلُّهُ يُبَيِّنُ لَنَا عِظَمَا شَأْنِ الدُّعَاءِ وَأَنَّهُ أَسَاسُ الْعُبُودِيَّةِ وَرُوحُهَا so this, all of this, clarifies to us the greatness of the station of dua, and that it is the foundation of worship to Allah and the core of it. وَعُنْوَانُ التَّذَلُّلِ وَالْخُضُوعِ وَالْإِنْكِسَارِ بَيْنَ يَدِي And that it is, once again, the core of your submission and your humility and poverty before your Lord, وَإِظْهَارِ الْإِفْتِقَارِ إِلَيْهِ And the demonstration of your poverty and need before your Lord to Allah. وَلِهَذَا حَثَّ اللَّهُ عِبَادَهُ عَلَيْهِ وَرَغَّبَهُمْ فِيهِ فِي آيٍ كَثِيرَةٍ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ And for that reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encouraged his servants to make dua, to make dua and to be humble and to have humility and to submit to your Lord in dua, calling upon him, recognizing your poverty before your Lord, recognizing how small and weak you are before your Lord, calling upon him for your needs, Dunya needs, worldly affairs, 
all of that which is halal you can make dua for. So in many ayat of the Qur'an, Allah encouraged us to make dua. Ud'u rabbakum tadarru'an wa khufyah, innahu la yuhibbul mu'tadeen, wa la tufsidu fil ardi ba'da islahiha, wad'uuhu khawfan wa tama'a, inna rahmatallahi qareebun min al-muhsineen. This is an example in al-araf. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a command, Ud'u rabbakum, call upon your Lord. And then again as a command, Ud'uhu khawfan wa tama'a, call upon him in fear and hope. And then Allah mentions, Inna rahmatallahi qareebun min al-muhsineen. The mercy of Allah is close to the good doers. To the righteous and the pious, the muhsineen. وَأَخْبَرَ سُبْحَانَهُ مُرَغِّبًا عِبَادَهُ فِي الدُّعَاءِ بِأَنَّهُ قَرِيبٌ مِّنْهُمْ يُجِيبُ دُعَاءَهُمْ وَيُحَقِّقُ رَجَاءَهُمْ وَيَعْطِيهِمْ سُؤْلَهُمْ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as an encouragement for the servants to do dua. Highlighted that he is close to us and that he answers our dua and that he gives us what we require or request and ask for. Qala ta'ala, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي إِذَا دَعَانْ فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ in Al-Baqarah, that if my servants ask you about me, then I am close. I answer the dua of the one who calls upon me when they call. So let them answer to me, respond to me, meaning they make the dua and believe in me so that they may be guided. In another ayah, Allah mentioned, أَمَّنْ يُجِيبُ الْمُطَّرَّ إِذَا دَعَاهُ وَيَكْشِفُ السُّوءُ وَيَجْعَلُكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ الْأَرْضِ أَإِلَاهُمْ مَعَ اللَّهِ قَلِيلًا مَا تَذَكَّرُونَ That who is it that answers the dua of the one in dire and desperate need. When a person is in desperate need, then who is the one that can answer the dua of that person in that circumstance? The one who is in a calamity, the one who is in a state of desperation, the one who is in a state of great need, then who is it that can answer the dua of that individual can answer the dua of the one who is in a state of desperation except Allah. And He is the one who removes the evil from you. Whatever calamity it may be, whatever distress a person may be in, then it is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
who can remove that distress from that person. So Allah tells us, أَمَّنْ يُجِيبُ الْمُطَّرَّ إِذَا دَعَاهُ وَيَكْشِفُ السُّوءِ Who is it that can answer the dua of the one in distress and remove that harm from him? وَلِهَذَا فَإِنَّ الْعَبْدَ كُلَّمَا عَظُمَتْ مَعْرِفَتُهُ بِاللَّهِ وَقَوِيَتْ صِلَتُهُ بِهِ كَانَ دُعَاؤُهُ لَهُ أَعْظَمُ And that's why the more a servant has knowledge of his Lord, the more a servant has recognition and understanding of who his Lord is, then the greater that servant's connection is to his Lord, and therefore the greater the dua it is, كَانَ دُعَاؤُهُ لَهُ أَعْظَمُ That kind of servant will make greater dua to Allah. He will have a greater encouragement to make dua to Allah in his affairs. The one who has a greater recognition of who his Lord is. And that, as the scholars say, is one of the reasons why you learn names and attributes of Allah. Like we did at Tahawiyah here before. The names and attributes of Allah. The more you learn about the different names of Allah, the more you learn about the attributes of Allah, then the more you have a recognition of who your Lord is, and the greater your worship will be, the greater your dua will be. And that's why the scholars, they say, the knowledge of names and attributes, it is the greatest level from all of the different types of knowledge. All of the different types of knowledge we learn and we study, the top level of knowledge is the knowledge of the names and attributes of Allah. Why is that the highest type of knowledge, the most noble type of knowledge? Because the knowledge of the names and attributes of Allah teaches you about Allah. So that has to be the most noble and honorable type of knowledge to gain. And so here the shaykh mentions that that knowledge gives you a greater understanding of your Lord and therefore you will be more uh, uh, focused and give more importance to making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَانْكِسَارُهُ بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ And your submission and humility Recognizing how miskeen you are before your Lord, you will have a greater recognition of that. Any pride will be out of your heart, any arrogance will be out, any haughtiness will be out. You will have that small, weak state before your Lord, humbleness, humility in poverty before your Lord. You will have that greater when you have more knowledge of who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, وَلِهَذَا كَانَ أَنْبِيَاءُ اللَّهِ وَرُسُولُهُ أَعْظَمَ أَعْظَمَ النَّاسِ تَحْقِيقًا لِلْدُعَاءِ وَقِيَامًا بِهِ فِي أَحْوَالِهِمْ كُلِّهَا وَشُؤُونِهِمْ جَمِيعِهَا And that's why the prophets, the messengers, 
they were at the head on top from all of the people all of mankind they were the top level in terms of this worship of dua and actualizing dua and establishing that and performing that and doing that in terms of dua the prophets and messengers were at the top level over and above all of uh, the rest of mankind in all of their affairs fi ahwalihim kulliha wa shu'unihim jami'iha in all of their affairs they would return back to allah in dua wa qad athna allah alayhim bi dhalika fi alquran alkarim and allah praised the prophets and messengers for that for the fact that they would return back to allah in dua constantly and regularly وَذَكَرَ جُمْلَةً مِنْ أَدْعِيَتِهِمْ فِي أَحْوَالٍ مُتَعَدِّدَ وَمُنَاسَبَاتٍ مُتَنَوِّعَةٍ And in the Qur'an, there are many different places, many different ayat, where Allah narrates to us the dua that different prophets and messengers made at different times, in different circumstances. Allah narrates to us the stories of the prophets and messengers, and there were difficulties and distress that the prophets and messengers faced. And so Allah tells us at those times of difficulty and distress and various circumstances, the dua that the prophets and messengers would make. وَمِنْ أَدْعِيَةِ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ مَا ذَكَرَهُ اللَّهِ عَنْ نَبِيِّهِ إِبْرَهِيمِ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ So one example of the duas that the prophets and messengers made is the dua that Ibrahim alayhi salam made. Alhamdulillahi alladhi wahabali ala al-kibari Ismaila wa Ishaq. Inna rabbi la sami'u al-dua. Rabbi ja'alni muqima salati wa min dhurriyyati. Rabbana wa taqabbal dua. Rabbana ufirli wa liwalidayya wa lilmu'minina yawma yaqumu al-hisab. An example of the dua that Ibrahim alayhi salam made. An example that all praise is to Allah, the one who bestowed upon me in my old age, Ismail and Ishaq. Indeed, my Lord hears and answers the dua. And then, my Lord, make me from those who establish the prayer and my offspring likewise, that we be of those we be from the establishers of the prayer. Rabbana wa taqabbal dua. And our Lord accept the dua. Rabbana ghirli wa liwalidayya. Our Lord forgive me and my parents. Walil mu'minina yawma yaqoom al-hisab. And the believers on that day when the accountability occurs. An example also, ذَكَرَ سُبْحَانَهُ دُعَاءَ نَبِيِّهِ نُوحِ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ عِنْدَمَا سَأَلَ رَبَّهُ أَنْ يَنْصُرَهُ عَلَى قَوْمِهِ الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوهُ وَعَادَوْهُ When Nuh alayhi salam, he made dua after his people had rejected him. Nuh alayhi salam, a messenger sent by Allah. But when he gave the da'wah to his people, the people... Majority of them, they rejected him. 
and they belied him and they showed enmity against him. So then it's mentioned in the Quran, كَذَّبَتْ قَبَلَهُمْ قَوْمُ نُوحِ فَكَذَّبُوا عَبْدَنَا وَقَالُوا مَجْنُونٌ وَازْدُجِرٌ فَدَعَا رَبَّهُ أَنِّي مَغْلُوبٌ فَانْتَصِرْ فَفَتَحْنَا أَبْوَابَ السَّمَاءِ بِمَاءٍ مُنْهَمِرٌ وَفَجَرْنَا الْأَرْضَ عُيُونًا فَالْتَقَ الْمَاءُ عَلَىٰ أَمْرٍ قَدْ قُدِرٌ وَحَمَلْنَاهُ عَلَىٰ ذَاتِ أَلْوَاحٍ وَدُسُرٍ تَجْرِي بِعَيُونِنَا جَزَاءً لِمَنْ كَانَ كُفِرٍ In these ayat, it mentions how Nuh alayhi salam, when his people showed enmity against him and they rejected him, he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after they had rejected him and called him a madman and abused him, he said, فَدَعَا رَبَّهُ He called upon his Lord, أَنِّي مَغْلُوبٌ فَانْتَصِرْ That I have been overwhelmed by them. All the opposers, the mushrikun, not accepting the da'wah. They are overwhelming us with their numbers. They are overcoming us. So, فَانْتَصِرْ Aid. Give me aid, help me upon these people, all these enemies of Allah, the mushrikun. So then he mentions, فَفَتَحْنَا أَبْوَابَ السَّمَاءِ بِمَاءٍ مُنْهَمِرٍ Mentions about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down the rain and the water came out from the springs in the ground, the uyun, and all of that water it opened up upon the way that Allah decreed. And then Musa, uh, Nuh alayhi salam was saved upon the ark that he had built, and he was under the protection of Allah. Another example, وَذَكَرَ سُبْحَانَهُ دُعَاءَ نَبِيِّهِ أَيُّوبِ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ عِنْدَمَا مَسَّهُ أَيُّوبِ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ When he made dua. And it's mentioned in the Quran, وَأَيُّوبَ إِذْ نَادَى رَبَّهُ And Ayyub. When he made dua to his Lord, إِذْ نَادَى رَبَّهُ And when he mentions this in the Arabic language in the Qur'an, إِذْ نَادَى رَبَّهُ Then it has the taqdeer of saying, وَذْكُرْ وَذْكُرْ إِذْ نَادَى رَبَّهُ It's like Allah is telling you, and remember, when Ayyub made dua to his Lord, إِذْ نَادَى رَبَّهُ أَنِّي مَسَّنِيَ الظُّرْ That harm has afflicted me. وَأَنْتَ أَرْحَمُ الرَّاحِمِينَ And you are the most merciful of all the merciful. فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ فَكَشَفْنَا مَا بِهِ مِنْ ظُرْ وَآتَيْنَاهُ أَهْلَهُ وَمِثْلَهُمْ مَعَهُمْ رَحْمَةً مِنْ عِنْدِنَا وَذِكْرَى لِلْعَابِدِينَ And then Allah mentions, فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ so we answered him, answered his dua, فَكَشَفْنَا مَا بِهِ مِنْ And we removed from him the harm that was upon him. And there are many examples, more are being given here. The example, the famous example, everybody will know of course of Yunus alayhi salam, when he was in the belly of the... Well, that example is also in the Qur'an, you will find it in Surah Al-Anbiya. When he makes dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there are many examples where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us 
of the prophets and messengers making dua to Allah, returning back to Allah in submission, in humility, and asking Allah for reprieve, and asking Allah for uh, uh, an exit and removal from the distress and the calamity that had occurred upon them, and from the enmity of the mushrikun and their plots against them. وَكَمَا أَنَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَصَفَ الْأَنْبِيَاءَ بِالدُّعَاءِ And just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the prophets as making dua, that they would regularly make dua, وَنَعَتَهُمْ بِهِ And he described the prophets and messengers with that description that they were people of dua. They made dua. وَأَثْمَا عَلَيْهِمْ بِتَحْقِيقِهِ and Allah praised them upon the actualization of this dua. فَقَدْ وَصَفَ بِذَلِكَ سُبْحَانَهُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ صَادِقِينَ وَعِبَادَ اللَّهِ صَالِحِينَ So just like that, Allah also described the righteous, pious, truthful believers with the same types of descriptions. تَتَجَافَى جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا وَمِمَّا رَزَقَنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ فَلَا تَعْلَمُ نَفْسٌ مَا أُخْفِيَ لَهُمْ مِنْ قُرَّةِ أَعْيُنٍ جَزَاءً بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Mentions in this ayah, or in these ayat, that their sides separate from their beds, meaning that they arise, and in the last third of the night, a special time of dua, and other occasions, and يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ They call upon their Lord, خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا In fear and hope, وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ And from what we have bestowed to them, they spend of it. فَلَا تَعْلَمُ نَفْسٌ مَا أُخْفِيَ لَهُمْ مِنْ قُرَّةِ أَعْيُنٍ جَزَاءً بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ And so a soul does not know, a person does not know what has been concealed for them from the coolness of the eye, meaning from the blessings. A person does not know what has been concealed for them, what is in waiting for them from the blessings of Allah, from the coolness of the eye, as they say, قُرَّةُ أَعْيُنٍ Meaning from the good and beloved things to you, and from the blessings for you, jazaa bima kanu yamalun, as a recompense and a reward for the good that they used to do. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى وَاصْبِرْ نَفْسَكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاتِ وَالْعَشِيِّ يُرِيدُونَ وَجْهَهُ Make yourself patient, keep yourself patient along with those who call upon their Lord morning and evening. And they do it sincerely desiring the face of Allah. وَقَالَ سُبْحَانَهُ فِي وَصْفِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ عِنْدَمَا يَدْخُلُونَهَا بِسَلَامٍ آمِنِينَ And Allah also mentioned about the people of paradise when they enter into paradise with safety, securely. تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهِمُ الْأَنْهَارُ فِي جَنَّاتِ النَّعِيمِ that the rivers they flow below them in those gardens of bliss. Da'wahum, their dua is, fiha in it, Subhanakallahumma wa tahiyyatuhum fiha salam. 
وآخر دعواهم أن الحمد لله رب العالمين That they say Subhanaka That's already what we talked about in the last few lessons The tasbih Glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And then also that their greeting within it is the salam And their final uh, uh, statement, their final dua is Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen That all praise, jami' al-mahamid Every type of praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The Lord of all of that exists Fad-du'a Huwa ruhu hadha al-deen The du'a is the, the soul of this religion Meaning it is the core of this religion A core act of worship وَزَادُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ الْمُتَّقِينَ And it is the provisions of the righteous and pious believers. وَعُنْوَانُ التَّذَلُّلِ وَالْخُضُوعِ لِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ And it is عنوان, meaning that it is again the core and the fundamental of the submission and humility that a servant has to his Lord. To the Lord of all that exists, you make dua, then you are showing your humility before Allah. And then the Shaykh makes dua at the end of the chapter. جَعَلَنَا اللَّهُ وَإِيَّاكُمْ مِنْ أَهْلِهِ الْمُحَقِّقِينَ لَهُ إِنَّهُ سَمِيعٌ مُجِيبٌ May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who establish it. We return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in dua. إِنَّهُ سَمِيعٌ مُجِيبٌ That he is... The all-hearing, the all-answering. So this opening chapter, that's just the first introduction to this section about dua. Already you've seen the great importance of dua. And it's something which is neglected often. Neglected often. People, you see them talking about the calamities that are happening in the world. In this country, this is happening. And in that country, that is happening and we need to do this and we need to do that. And they are talking about all the plans. Alhamdulillah, good plans as well, everything. But they sometimes forget to remind the people that on top of all of those plans and everything you're going to do, do not forget the core of the affair, the dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring you relief from whatever it may be, whatever it may be, whatever the circumstance, the situation may be. Whatever the dunyawi matters may be, whatever in your lives it may be, that you make dua to Allah sincerely, asking for an exit, for a, a way out from that distress and that harm and that difficulty and hardship. وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ Whomsoever fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah will make a way out for that person. So that is the opening chapter. That's where we'll conclude on for today. Uh, just to make note as well, next Sunday there is no class. And the Sunday after that, there is no class. <coughs> next Sunday, the 3rd of July, there will be no class. And the Sunday after that, the, th- the 10th of July is probably going to be Eid Day. So that weekend there won't be class. So now it's going to be in after two weeks then, 17th of July. Next two Sundays are off. Remember them, get your calendars right. Two Sundays off. The third one back again, 17th. 
of July, insha'Allah. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Any questions, anything to add? Is it permissible to take an oath by the Qur'an? To swear by the Qur'an? That is permissible. The Qur'an is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sifa min sifatillah. So you are not taking an oath by anything in creation. The Qur'an is not created, it is the speech of Allah. Taking an oath like that by the Qur'an is permissible. However, is doing this, putting your hand on the Qur'an and taking an oath like that, like they do in the courts, they do the Bible and then for the Muslim they might bring the Qur'an out. To do that, is that from the Sunnah or permissible? No. The scholars have mentioned that would be considered a bid'ah. To do it like that, you bring out the copy of the Mus'haf, you put your hand on it and you take the oath. Allah alam what they make you do in the courts and things, but just generally for a Muslim, you don't do that. You're not going to say to somebody, you don't believe me? Watch, watch. You put your hand on the Qur'an and then you're going to say to him, like that, it's not a sunnah, it's a bid'ah, the scholars they say. But the, the concept of making the oath by the Qur'an is permissible, it's a sifa, from the sifatillah. Anything else? The okay to do with one congregation. Congregation like how? So in the prayers, uh, uh, there are certain times, certain times where there might be some type of, some type of congregational dua. Like for example, the istisqa prayer. When you're doing the prayer for the rain prayer, the imam is making the dua, all the congregation is together in that. For example, it's not really a congregation dua, but when the imam is giving the khutbah and he's making dua sometimes in the khutbah. Everybody is he's making the dua. But that doesn't mean you are supposed to raise your hands in the Jum'ah khutbah when the imam starts making dua. You don't raise your hands. You're not supposed to raise your hands and together, ah, mean everybody loud. It's not like that. So those kinds of things are, inv- are kind of where the imam is doing it and everybody is listening. But... In terms of the congregational dua, like you're mentioning there, after the prayers, where the imam turns around, and then he makes dua, and then everybody listens to him, and they all say ameen together, that is not in the sunnah. The Prophet ﷺ never used to do that, the companions never used to raise their hands with him, and all of them make dua together, and all of them say ameen together. Some people say, okay, we know they never used to do it, but we're just doing it, the imam does it, because people don't know how to make the du'as. So the imam does it, and everybody can just say, Amin. But those du'as are not wajib anyway. Those du'as are not wajib. It's not like it's a wajib thing, so you don't know the imam's going to do it, everybody say, Amin. Those du'as are not wajib. You make your own du'a after the prayer. Make du'a, whatever you want to make du'a for. And after the prayer, is not even one of the sunnah times for the du'a. After you finish the prayer, it's a mistake. People think you finish the prayer, give salam, salam. Do your dhikr and things and then do dua. It's not one of the sunnah times specified for dua after the prayer. The specified time is actually before you finish the prayer. When you're in your final sitting, tashahud, you finish your tashahud and you're waiting for the imam to give salam, don't just sit there silently. Make dua. That's one of the times of making dua. 
in the prostration, in the sujood, you can make dua, you can do it in non-Arabic as well. You can do it in your own language if you want to make dua for something. After you do the, the prostration, subhana rabbi al-a'ala, you do the duas, then you can make your own dua if there's something specific in your own language if you need to. Those are the times of dua. And later on in the chapters, we're going to discuss all that in detail. What are the best times to make dua? And even the congregational thing, we'll talk about it in more detail with evidences later on. But it's not sunnah to do that. It's a bid'ah to do dua together. Because like we say, all of our religion, we take it from how the messenger did it, how the companions did it. They never used to do that. So we cannot just make that now and do it as well. It would be a bid'ah then, doing something the messenger never did, the companions didn't do. So that isn't correct. But we'll come to more details as well, inshallah. The name dua as a, as a name... Maybe, but you know, the, the, the rule for names is any name that has a good meaning is okay, but it should not be a name that has tazkiyah in it. It has a self-recommendation and self-praise. So dua, I don't know, it's not really a, a tazkiyah. It's not really a, a, a something which indicates a tazkiyah, just dua, supplication. That's not a, a, a self-praise. It doesn't appear to be. So, I mean... Maybe, maybe. I mean, the name issue of naming is open. Anything with a good meaning is allowed. So I don't know if you could really say it's haram to name dua. Allah alam, I don't think you could say it's haram. But, you know, with the names you're supposed to, firstly for the males, for the boys, the best of the names are, of course, Abdullah and Abdurrahman, then all of the... That's the first level. The second level, all of the other names that begin with... Abd, Abdul Rahim, Abdul Ghafoor, all of the Abd ones. Then after that, the third level is names of the prophets and, uh, and messengers. Then after that, the names of the companions. companions. And then you could even possibly generally talk about the Salaf. They are the names that you pick for women as well. Look for the names of the female companions. But people, they want to be too unique. Everybody wants to have a name that is extremely unique. And nobody else has it. They don't want to be the common uh, Kasim or anything else. You know, no, no Kasim here, is there? There is. There is? Where's Kasim? Huh? So we have a Kasim there. And you know, people don't want to uh, take on the, the standard names. Imran, that's very common. Let's mention that one. People don't want to do the common names. These days, they, wanna, they want to be fancy. They want to be fancy. And so they go out and they, uh, people have all these weird names and wonderful names from all sorts of languages. You don't know what it is. What You know, try to stick to the good meanings, the good names with the meanings, that's good. And Qasim is a good name because the name of the Prophet's son was Qasim. Anything else? So what's an example of a name that has a tazkiyah? Like a lot of the names have... Like, uh, well, so like one example, some scholars they say it's a others they say it's not Iman. It's different over. Some scholars, they say the name Iman, if you ask some scholars, they'll say, no, it's a bit of a tazkiyah. Because Iman, you know, indicates, I'm a person full of Iman. It's like a self-recommendation. Other scholars, they may say, it's not a big deal. Iman is, again, just a, a statement. Iman. Doesn't mean you got high Iman or low Iman. But that's just an example. But there'd be examples like that. Anything which indicates some praise for yourself in it, then it's not allowed. Mu'min perhaps, those kind of things that indicate a recommendation for yourself. Anything else? 
We'll conclude upon that in that case, two weeks off, and then we'll be back after Eid on that 17th of July, insha'Allah ta'ala.